This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to another Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hit Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the superfans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington. Hey gang, welcome back to another superfan episode of Gangplank Report. This week we have a real treat for us. You will remember him from season three of Below Deck Mediterranean. He was former bosun Conrad Empson, and now he is with Crew Pass, and he's here to tell us about his experience and let us know what he's doing now. Hi, Conrad. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Hey. Great to have you. I know we've chatted a little bit through social media, but I don't think we've ever really had a full-on conversation, so this is very exciting. Thank you for joining hey. us. Hey. No, pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on, and it's kind of good to have a chat with everything. Yeah. First off, I know this and I don't know how many people listening do, but you came into the whole Below Deck universe kind of blindly and hadn't seen the show. How did you find out about it? And what was that whole process like? Completely blind. Like I hadn't watched a single episode before I went into it. Below Deck is a very, very commonly spoke about, frowned upon subject in yachting when I was in it anyway. And then so it, it was something that always went on the background, but something that no one considered because it would be known as a kind of a career killer. And then one day I got a message from a casting person and took the whole process as a joke. And before I knew it, got <laughs> handed the position of, yeah, go for it. You got the position. Nice. So were you a bosun when you got handed the position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was a bosun on a 50 meter boat and was mid-season and yeah. And kind of had to jump ship literally a week before I got the position. Wow. Yeah, yeah. The whole interview process was done through a charter season on the current boat I was on at the time. And you were in the med then at the time? Yes. I was actually in Capri and Naples at the time I was doing the interviews ready to swap boats to the blow deck boat. So I flew home for a couple of days and then flew back straight back to where I was ready to jump on that boat. So do you think that because I've talked privately and through the podcast with a lot of different cast members do you mm -hmm. feel like your expectation because you hadn't seen the show but you had heard quite a lot about it do you feel like your expectation of what it was versus what you lived through the show were different things again knowing that you hadn't seen the show prior to but I'm sure you walked into it with certain expectations about what it was going to be like, probably just a general circus. But did you find that your experience was similar to what you thought it would be or different? I genuinely, I don't know about you, I, I generally had no concept of what I was going into. 
I got told it was a proper boat. This was a no joke experience. It was seriously working on a boat. There's just a camera crew in the background. Is that what you got told? My experience with this was a little bit different because I thought it was going to be a little bit more like a documentary and a lot less like a reality show, like Mm. in the classic form of what I think a reality show is going to be. But that was also season one when they were trying to figure out what the show was going to be in the first place. So I don't even think they knew until they hit the editing room floor and then decided that it was going to be real world on a boat. Yeah, and then picked up the pieces after that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because they really had no idea what they were doing my season. I think I went into it very naively. I went into it with full yachty head on and went into it yacht mind intact. However, looking back on it now, you know, it was a lot more of a mind game as in the fact of they picked people to not get on Whereas I just went to it as a job and tried to focus on it as a job instead of what are these people trying to play? Mm-hmm. So question for you. Go on. If you were able to tell your younger self something about that prior to, let's say you've already agreed to do the show, would you have done a little bit of homework and actually watched it in advance? If I'm honest, do you think I that would have been helpful? Helped. No. <laughs> okay. That no. Fair enough. I mean, I didn't have that luxury. Yes, you didn't. Right. You went into it blind. Completely. So, I mean, I know cast members that have said, I don't want to watch it because I don't want to have a preconceived notion of either cast members that are returning or what previous seasons have done because I don't want to feel like I have to live up to an expectation of something. And that's fair enough on a certain level. But I think you're also doing yourself a disservice by not at least doing a little bit of homework to understand what it is you're getting yourself into. So it's kind of a catch-22, I suppose. Like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Okay, so looking back at it now, I went into it. It probably wasn't cut this way. However, I went into it and put everything into it. I'd done everything to the same standard as what I would do on a normal boat. And it, and it didn't always need to be so much about that it was more about kind of the job you were doing and how it was portrayed it was wasn't about how clean you made the boat look but see as a fan that's what I appreciate and I know there's all different sections of fandom there are some who watch for the drama I watch to see the job I had never being where I am in the states I'm in Ohio so we're nowhere near a yacht Mm. port and So it was a whole world that I had never even been introduced to. So I find people like you who went into it full yachty, Mm. very compelling, because I like to see how it's really done. Because I do watch other reality shows. I know how reality is done. So that never surprises or titillates. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. It's more an interest to me to see what the actual experience looks like. So I enjoyed you very much. And I know that you've been kind of pigeonholed. They didn't give you very many dimensions there. Most of your story arc was based around a relationship. But if you were able to play director, say, on the ship, what would you have liked to have shown about yourself that the audience didn't get to see? Oh, that's a good question. Thank you. I stole it from Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) What you probably didn't see is the fact of how hard I work and I consistently will be the last man standing in the evening I would take the the anchor watch or I would take the late shift you know I would be the one that look guys go downstairs I'll do the tender run and I would always be the person to put myself forward and and to go that extra mile 
And it wasn't fully portrayed like that. Right. I think historically, and this is just because I know several of the other cast members that are serious yachties that came in there to try to do a job like I did season one that didn't get a good edit. And they most Mm. certainly, Bravo doesn't care how good you are at your job. And even if you're crappy at your job, like my replacement, they still (laughs) do everything they can to make you look good. And it's really frustrating when you're in the situation, Bravo doesn't care about making you look like a professional. The only people they really try to do that with are the people that they intend to bring back. And Mm. so that they can justify bringing them back you know, whether it's for the drama or not. So they've brainwashed everybody into thinking that certain cast members on the show are really good at their jobs when in real life, they would never survive on a yacht. And that's really frustrating from the perspective of somebody who still does this as a job. I mean, I'm 17 Mm. years into yachting and I know for a fact, and I've spoken with a lot of people. 17 years. 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that makes me stable or insane. It just—it's a fine line. Some days, take your pick. I think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dealer's choice. But I mean, Chandler is a really good example of this. Chandler is basically like my little brother. He was on Below Deck in Tahiti on the OG Tahiti season. And they did everything they could to make him look bad at his job when I have worked with him and I know he's fabulous at it. And I know he's great at leading a deck team. And it was really frustrating to watch because he ends up quitting slash getting fired. I don't remember exactly the storyline, but Mm -hmm. he was really concerned about safety and the fact that there were a lot of safety things that were being ignored for the sake of filming And he said, I haven't had, since these people have been on this boat, I haven't had an opportunity to run through everything safety-wise that they need to know in case something happens. And sure enough, Mm. right after he left the season is when Ashton got a line wrapped around his foot and ended up in the water behind the boat. And he said, I knew something like that was going to happen because I didn't have an adequate amount of time to train my crew to do the right thing or to know what to do in those types of situations. And because of that, I knew that if something bad happened, it would be on my head and no one else's, even if they weren't giving me the time to teach my crew what they needed to know, or for me to make sure that they had learned it somewhere else even. And he said, I, as soon as I saw that episode happen, I knew that if I was there, that I would have been blamed for that, even mm. though it wasn't my fault. Even and that's why being he on left. Board. Right. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. really frustrating when you're somebody who's really actually a professional going in there to mm-hmm. try, like you said, to try to do a job and the priority is not always doing the job, you no, know? No, 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 exactly. And that was the battle that I had every single day on my season was I genuinely, and I've told Jen this before, that I thought the very last day of filming that they were going to shut off the cameras and be like, surprise, it was all a joke. None of these people really work on yachts. They're all crazy. And we did that on purpose to set you up to lose your shit. And you didn't. So (laughs) good for you. It is so intense. I mean, going back to what you said, I went into that fully like, yachty head on I'd just come out of a season I was raring to go to prove I wanted to go into that show to basically show how a yachty did it like to try and prove to people exactly how a yachty should be on that show and don't get me wrong like I was never edited really in a bad way Mm -hmm. 
I got off. No, I don't remember them making you look bad at your job or anything. No, it was like something I still get the piss taken out of me now for is comrades, you forgot to take the tender off or something. There's something along them lines that people still take the mickey out of me for. (laughs) However, I didn't just to clarify that one. It was, that was, that's another story. But yeah, I never got truly betrayed in a very bad light. So I can't complain too much in that fashion. However, my whole story role was very much around the relationship that I had. Right, right. And I actually, so for a little while, so Chandler and Jamie from your season are dating. And I lived with both of them for Uh, a little while. Sorry, I've just made the connection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I lived with them for a while in Fort Lauderdale. And I had asked Jamie about you and she had nothing but nice things to say. I mean, it's interesting that, again, all the viewership knows is about a relationship that you were in. And that's pretty much Mm. the the only memorable thing that production allowed you to have. And that's part of the reason why we wanted to have you here was so that you could talk a little bit more about your experience. And so we could get a little bit more of an unedited version of your personality, because I think that once you get in the mindset of somebody who comes in like I did in my season to do the job. I wasn't there to make a ton of friends and I didn't, it didn't work out that way, but, (laughs) but I was there because I wanted to do my best to represent the yachting industry. And even though chief stew was not a job I had ever done before, look, I've worked on enough boats to know it's not rocket science. Mm. I tried my best to represent the job. Like I went and did a silver service course weeks before we started filming because I wanted to make sure that I was doing exactly everything that we were supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it had yeah. been a long time since I had done anything like that. And I wanted to make sure I was representing the yachting industry. Well, turns mm-hmm. out production doesn't give a shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't traditionally make people that come in there like you did with a serious yacht mind frame look good because they want the drama. They want you to screw up because that's the stuff that people find interesting to watch. And so if everybody knew what they were doing and they did it, there wouldn't be a show to begin with. Right yeah, completely. Honestly, they have to create drama. Otherwise people wouldn't watch it. I, I completely appreciate that. Mm-hmm. There were other elements to it that I think that caused it. But yeah, no, right. it's nice to kind of get out there, the unedited kind of self as such. Well, and consider too, and I've said this a lot of times before, that in a normal yachting situation, you hire people with the intention of them synergizing with the team that you already have. And that is not the goal of casting for Bravo. Exactly. Exactly. So if we're talking about the unreality of the reality, that's it. I mean, that's probably the biggest element of it is that Normally, you want to hire people that will get along, and for the purposes of this show, that just doesn't work. No, so, no. yeah, no, completely, it's, completely. One of the other things that we also wanted to talk about was to get into a little bit of what life is like after Below Deck and yeah. how you segued into where you are now, which is Crew Pass. And if you could walk mm. us through that path a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Below Deck was an eye-opener, to say the least. I liked my quiet life and, not quiet life, but as in just the simple life sort of thing. Mm-hmm. When you opened it up to that many people and your life to that many people, uh, I don't know you, but it, yeah, it, was, it was very strange. Very, very strange. To lose your I anonymity, mean, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, going to New York, and I remember the first time someone recognized me in the street, and it was the weirdest thing I've ever <laughs> I've ever known. 
Honestly, it was. I was just quickly tell you, I was on the phone to my mum at the time. I was walking down a the street. There was there was gay pride, gay pride on, and and I'd just mm-hmm. kind of gone down there to kind of witness it. It was quite a cool thing to see, and um, walked up the street, and some person pulled me aside and was like, "Are you Conrad?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Who are you? Do I know you?" And they're like, "I've seen you on that show." Oh. And it was the most awkward experience ever because I had no idea what to say to this person who knew right. so much about me. Um, <laughs> and but and I you don't know a thing about, about them. them. <laughs> no, no. It was honestly, it was the most awkward experience ever. But yeah, okay. anyway, kind of going through that. And yeah, no, it was, it was a hell of an experience. Hell of mm-hmm. an experience. And then as my life kind of went on, it was all kind of quite cool for the eight months or whatever it kind of went on for. And then coming out the other side of it, it was, it was really bizarre really bizarre but nice experience I've had a lot of those kind of moments where people just stop me in the most random places like Home Depot or the grocery (laughs) store and they're they can't quite place it because I mean my show was 10 years ago so my face is familiar Mm. I've had people I was in I was in a grocery store with a mask on and somebody turned around and was like oh my god are you Adrian from below deck I recognize your voice I was like no Mm. shit that's weird But honestly, but I used to just screw with people because they'd be like, do you teach my kids? Are you in my yoga class? And I'd be like, yep, see you Monday at eight. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I have fun with it, but you know, it's one of those things where it still catches me off guard in certain situations. And I think, I mean, for what it's worth, I'm proud of the effort that I put in to make the show happen in the first place and Mm. my participation in it I don't think that what was shown of me was that entirely unlike who I am as a person but it was the most stressful six weeks of my life and I don't think anybody really allows their personality to shine when you just feel like you're in fight or flight all the time it's so intense, like draining intense, because you're constantly having to think what's happening next, what's going on. And it's not just Did I your just job. say something I shouldn't have? Yeah. Yeah. All those like, kinds it's of not just you doing your job. It's like, what's going on with the other crew members? What storyline? Honestly, your, your mind is in a million and one places trying to figure out what's going on. It's right. so intense. It's like you're perpetually waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. And that's yeah, stressful. Yeah, yeah. So after you left the show, did you stay in an onboard capacity for a while or did you decide, okay, I've done what I wanted to do on boats. Now let's move on to the next. Yeah. Below Deck was very much kind of a, a kind of finisher to being on board yachting. I came mm-hmm. ashore and I started working for a, a super yacht security company. So they design and install the security systems on the yachts, anything from cameras to access control to dive detection drone detection a lot um so i moved ashore and became a project manager for that company did that for three years so i was still involved in the yachting industry but kind of in the building kind of stages of them mm-hmm. and then yeah merged to now crew pass so i've been working on crew pass now for about 10 months fill people in on the background checks and that initiative and what that does for the yachting industry sure okay i'll ask adrian this question have you been background checked ever in yachting Minus the show. Yeah, several times. Several times. And have you known that to be across the board? Everyone no. being background checked? No. No. Most definitely no. not. It's not a done thing. And it came out of the security company that I worked for. Like the main security flaw that we ever saw was 
crew can come from anywhere and you just get everything taken at face value. As long as you have your certificates and you have a good attitude, you're on board and you're with the family and the people of the most influential people in the world. And it's amazing that people kind of aren't background checked. Um, so yes, we developed crew pass that basically is a service that allows anyone who wants to go into yachting to have a full background check to give the assurance to the captain, the owners and, and the management companies that all of these crew are, are above board. And is there a credit check involved in that? It's a criminal background check. So okay. we don't check your finances. One of the things that I was going to say is I am astounded about the stories that I hear about owners who get taken advantage of financially by captains with terrible credit or fraud or any of those kind of things. And nobody knows about it. I mean, unless you go do a credit check on somebody, and I know a lot of owners that are doing that now, usually it Mm. takes them getting pretty badly burned in order to do that. But consider how much money is flowing back and forth in these situations. And if somebody starts skimming off the top, or siphoning money into their own accounts. It's amazing how much I know of a captain who over the course of 10 years stole a million dollars from an owner and opened up a restaurant in Costa Rica and bought his family a house. Like it's crazy. The stories that you hear about, but because there's so much money moving around all the time, it can be, if you don't have a professional accountant keeping track of it minute by minute, it can be really difficult to keep track of where your money's going. Owners put all of their trust in the captains and it is, okay, how much do I need to do this? Okay, here you go. Here's the money. And it just constantly flows at a will because they have no real general insight into it. Unless they have a management company, they don't have the general insight into the boat at all. Right, right, right. And even at that, that doesn't mean that they can't be skimming off the top somewhere. I think a a massive step is definitely doing background checks, criminal checks on people, because when you consider, especially if it's a sexually based offense or a physical offense, when you consider that you're working with these people and living with them in really high pressure situations, and a lot of people do things that they wouldn't normally do in that type of a venue, you know, in that type of a situation, especially when there's alcohol involved. And we know that for a fact, there's plenty of that around, you know, especially on your downtime. And I have heard horrific stories about Uh chefs and engineers and captains. And I mean, everybody, everybody has the potential for it, I suppose, but really horrible stories. If you can wipe out anyone that has had a previous for this type of thing, you take a hell of a lot of the risk out of it. Right. You know, you also probably put a pretty good dent in the application pool, but there's that. <laughs> possibly, but it just, it, you know, it depends. You know, misdemeanors aren't, you know, small minority of crime, whatever. It's not, you know, when we don't take them into account, but we do take into account the ones that will affect your position, yeah. Well, honestly, until we were, Conrad and I were introduced through Gina, our friend hmm. at Showbiz Cheat Sheet. And until she brought up the concept of what you were doing, I hadn't even given it much thought, but it is very, you're in a very insulated, confined space with these people. It's very intimate. And 
not knowing those things and realizing that nobody's checked those things was a little jarring to me. And I was so excited to have you come on and talk about it because I do think this is something the yachting industry needs across the board. Thank you. I honestly, everyone we've gone to and all the crew agencies that are jumping on board with us, every, you know, everyone that's kind of we've spoken to is like, it needs this. We don't mm-hmm. understand how this hasn't been done before. It's done, as you've experienced, it's done in its minorities. It's done in its small things. But if you go to a crew agency and go, oh, I want that job and they have a background check you and then you go and apply for another job and you apply for three jobs and each of them then need to conduct a background search on you. That's three lots of background checks we conduct on you. When the crew member themselves can own that background check, own that accreditation and go, look, I'm clear, I'm good to go on any of these three jobs. Um, It's making, you know, that responsibility fall on the crew member. Which I think is actually how it should be because it makes more sense to me unless you've got something to hide that- Why wouldn't you? Right, several friends of mine a couple of years ago, and please don't steal this idea, but um, (laughs) have talked about doing something that is similar to an Uber rating for crew. So when you Mm -hmm. work on a boat, Mm -hmm. everyone that you work with has the ability to rate you, right? I'm just going to, I'm not claiming this idea. However, this idea is already in motion. Good. It should be like, We were talking about how on your resume, it should say, I have a five anchor rating, you know, Mm -hmm. like through this, whatever it is, verification process, because everybody that you work with should, in order to keep everybody honest, everybody that you work with from the deckhand to the captain and vice versa should be able to rate you in your job performance, because there are a lot of captains that are absolutely terrible that burn through crew And I would rather know that about you. So if I am looking, because I know so many people that will get offered a job and then contact me privately and say, have you ever heard of Captain Smith? What do you know about Mm. him? I might go work with him for four months in an isolated part of the Caribbean. And I want to know what he's about. And I'll have to make a couple of phone calls and find out if Captain Smith is a perv or not, you know, just so that my friends are protected because there isn't. A checks and balances system. No, creating that glass door kind of effect to anyone and everyone is then, you know, I think it needs to be kind of out there. You know, you need to know what you're going into. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. I couldn't agree with you anymore. But it is about, you go, you are so right. You go to a job these days, you phone around your friends, you find out what this boat is like, you find out if they've gone through crew, like there's no tomorrow or what, see what its reputation was like. So if we have a more formal process with which to do that, I am all on board and I will happily promote that anywhere and everywhere that I can to help you because I think that that is quite possibly one of the biggest issues that we have in the auditing industry, but also could be one of the best things that would ever happen to the auditing industry so that we could weed out some of the bad apples and hopefully Mm -hmm. help some of the owners mitigate some of their liability in that process, but also help crew to feel more safe and secure in their working and living situations. I can't think of anything that's more important, actually. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you. Well, look, anytime you want to come and sign on, come over and I will give you an account. Excellent. I love it. All right. Well, we admire the innovation and the practicality of it, and we appreciate what you continue to do for the yachting industry. It was so nice to be able to get a better sense of you and who you are and do us a favor when you leave this evening, 
and wish your Nana very happy birthday from us at Gang. Okay. <laughs> of course I will. Thank you very much. Thank all you. All right. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye, guys. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me, hearties.